So back in episode 209, we did a show on five things you need to know if you've been betrayed by your husband. Today, we want to look at the experience of a husband who has been betrayed. Men and women both experience betrayal, but have different ways of responding to it. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a hopeful episode for you this week. This is episode number 259, and today we're going to be talking about what husbands need to know after their wife's betrayal has been disclosed to them. Hey there, before we get started, if you did miss last week's episode, we discussed the importance of physical touch in marriage. That's definitely worth going back and checking out. Also, make sure you hit that subscribe button in your podcast player so that you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice, and most of all, we offer hope. So let's get into the topic of the male experience of betrayal. Right. So any kind of betrayal trauma comes from the shocking disclosure of a relational breach of some sort that could be unfaithfulness, it could be some other form of broken trust or loss of confidence in your marriage. Okay. Could be things like spousal neglect or cheating, various forms of infidelity, dishonesty, deception, betrayal, rejection, other circumstances that cause you to stop trusting your spouse. Okay. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's much less research on men dealing with betrayal trauma. Men definitely experience pain, of course, to have to go through a process of healing after they've been betrayed as well, but they tend to process it differently than women. I was actually thinking when I sat down to write this, I remembered someone like, 20 years ago, before I became a therapist, was even thinking about it, who had been very close to his girlfriend. He was cheated on by his girlfriend. And he was just telling me how he, you know, even months later, he's having nightmares about her cheating with the other guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just sort of recalling this as, okay, that's betrayal trauma. Like, so he, it was a traumatic discovery for him, the disclosure. Mm-hmm. And he's really just having flashbacks that are being processed in his dream it was just so devastating because he thought he was very close to her. Okay. And it really shattered his world. Okay. So that, I mean, that experience is similar to, to women, but at yeah. the time, like I wasn't a counselor, I didn't know anything about betrayal trauma, didn't know anything about trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, he couldn't figure out why he was having these flashbacks or what to do with them. And I couldn't mm. either. Yeah. Right? And of course it's hard for guys to talk about emotionally difficult things anyways. Yeah. But one of the things that Doug Weiss noted, he's a psychologist who sees both men and women dealing with betrayal trauma, is that men tend to compartmentalize more than women, and they tend to block out painful emotions or painful experiences such as betrayal. Okay. So so can you just tell us what compartmentalize is? Yeah, they, they just kind of put things into buckets and don't, you know, they separate it off and get on with their life. Oh, so put it in the bucket and put the lid on it and put yeah, it away. Yeah, and they thing. go to work and, you know, they're... They, I would say they're fine at work, but you know, sometimes you'll see anger coming out. So the bucket's never entirely sealed. Mm, right. Maybe a guy's throwing tools or something. If he gets frustrated or, or punching a wall, not that that's acceptable, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it just kind of shows the buckets leaky. 
Oh, okay. So but, it's not sealed off. Yeah. Yeah. But they'll just kind of try to keep going and do the things that they do quite often and, and yeah, try to compartmentalize. Okay. So, yeah, men tend to go in one of two directions when they're dealing with infidelity or the disclosure of it. They either divorce their spouse or they give them one more chance. There's not really any other directions to go, is there? Uh, yeah. I guess I could ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. I think what we're, what we're saying here is that, is that quite often socially, like, men are more empowered to make a decision about change, radical change, than women oh, are following a, a betrayal, right? Okay. Women are more likely to experience symptoms of trauma and PTSD after betrayal, but, and men, they don't often end up with the same PTSD symptoms. Um, of course, the guy I was talking about would be an exception to that. This mm -hmm. is speaking generally, right? There are, so there are men who do experience trauma and PTSD after betrayal. Okay. And they should also look for professional help. They need to grieve what's happened to deal with the hurt, anger, and betrayal that they've endured. But just because you, you haven't developed symptoms of PTSD, it doesn't necessarily mean you're free and clear of any lasting mm. impact or effects, right? Okay. So even without adverse ongoing symptoms, a person still needs to take time to process the hurt and the anger and the betrayal because those things happen and those impacts are real and you're experiencing the results of that. Yeah, yeah. And the, even the grief part, like again, men sort of not being good at grieving, not generally acknowledging grief or loss when it happens. Uh, mm -hmm. Think about the need to grieve what has happened, that this has now become mm -hmm. a part of your story. Uh, grieving the loss of an unadulterated marriage. The loss right? of what you had or what yeah. you thought you had. And we're going to have, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. All the way through till um, one of you uh, heads out into eternity, right? And other effects of what's happened. So there's a lot of grief that can come up around something like this. And uh, of course, there are some feelings that betrayed men experience that really are common to both genders in this case. So shame. Mm -hmm. It could be the shame of believing that others will see them as sexually incompetent, thus prompting their spouse to go outside the marriage if it was a sexual betrayal, mm -hmm. or even relationally or emotionally inadequate, like I couldn't meet her needs. Okay. You know, the thought being, well, I, it's my fault that she had to go seek to get her needs met outside of our marriage. Okay. But where other women will typically rally around one of their own when betrayed, a man in the same situation may find himself with friends who don't know how to support him. Like they would want to, mm -hmm. I think, rally around him, but yeah. they don't know how to in this very vulnerable and emotionally raw stage post-disclosure. So it, it may just be more they'll kind of join with him in cussing out the wife kind of thing and fostering the anger because that's how they know mm, how to relate socially, to it. they don't know what else to do. A situation like this, and I don't want to portray men as cavemen, but we are raised to express anger much more readily than sadness. Right. Right? Right, yeah. And we're socialized for that. And so that is going to affect the betrayal response. It's going to look a little different for that reason. And it's always as well helpful to remember that everyone processes betrayal differently, right? So even... Even though we're giving some generalizations of what might be common, there is everyone has their own unique experience too. Yeah. Can I go back up to what yeah. you were saying about, you know, if you're inadequate, your spouse needs to go outside the marriage to yeah. find meet their needs or whatever? Like that's not right. Correct. No, but so, that's the belief that Right. But I just want to emphasize like into, just to make it clear, you mean? Yeah. Sure, just yeah. to make it yeah, clear. Yeah. Because, you know, I've heard advice given to people whose husband is a porn addict or whatever, like, oh, you just need to initiate sex oh, more. No, no, no. Like, no, that's not the problem. The right. problem is the addiction, right. the porn addiction or whatever healing needs to go on there, whatever right. brokenness is there. It's not the betrayed spouse right. that they're inadequate. Right. 
Okay. Oh, good. Thanks for clarifying that for sure. So I was just saying, um, I'm glad we went back there, but just to kind of come back yeah, to where we where were, were we? Yep. everybody processes betrayal differently. And then the okay. other thing to remember is that we're using the word betrayal, but there could be a lot of potential scenarios here. So it could be a financial betrayal, like a hidden gambling problem or loss, mm, right? Or okay. that's going to prompt a very different reaction than the discovery of an affair, for example. It's still betrayal. So oh. there's going to be some similarities, but the personal offense and hurt is going to feel a lot different. It's going to challenge right. different areas of your personality and... It's okay. going to hit you some parts of your emotional experience of it differently as well. Okay. But one thing both genders need to do is to consider process and express the emotions that are generated by the betrayal. And so even though guys, you know, we think we're less emotional and we use that language, I'm not an emotional guy, that kind of thing. Which or you're an island. Addressed elsewhere, yeah. Mm-hmm. We still need to consider and process and express those emotions. It has to happen in order to recover and to work your way through this, right? So okay. if you have friends or a mentor or someone in your support network who can be there with you as you do this work, it's a huge help. It's also a good idea to reach out to your therapist for counseling. It's just such a complex issue to navigate a betrayal. Mm-hmm. If you haven't worked with a therapist before, we do have a number of our team members at OIF who work with betrayal situations in marriage. So we're able to help with that. It helps if your therapist understands betrayal trauma. Not all counselors mm-hmm. okay. uh, get that experience. Okay. But that's very necessary to comprehend as well. So it's not just something you kind of move on from. Generally, you have to do healing work. I'm not saying you have to see a therapist. I'm saying a therapist can help with it. Right. Okay. So how can you heal from it? Okay. Well, there's five things that folks can do would be helpful as you're going through this. So first of all, just give yourself time. So it's, you know, it's, while it's, it may have been an event or it's disclosed in a moment or an afternoon or something like that. It's important to understand there's no quick fix to a situation like this. So recovery from betrayal is painful. It takes time to heal that pain. Yeah. And it's normal to feel anger and distress. It's normal to be fine one moment and ambushed by your emotions the next. So guys are ambushed by emotions? Yes, they can be ambushed as well. It's more likely, again, more likely to come out as anger or frustration or that kind of thing. Okay. But you want to kind of get to the hurt that's underneath that and be processing that. Otherwise, you're just going to keep venting the anger because you're never really resolving or addressing the hurt and grief. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Betrayed husbands may be feel tempted to act out in a re- revenge fling after finding out the wife has had an affair. But it's good to know that doesn't help the marriage heal. No. Right? Typically, you just end up hurting each other more through a reaction like this. It does nothing to help your own healing process. Sometimes those revenge affairs are just an attempt to fill the hole in your own heart or an attempt to replace the loss you feel. Or I've also seen it as an attempt to show your your spouse how much it hurts so that they know Mm -hmm. and won't do it again. But that's not a great way to educate them on that. (laughs) No. Um, Okay. Even if the betrayal has left you alone, being alone for a while is not necessarily bad. I'm not saying it's easy, but you know, try not to think of it as a bad thing. It will take several weeks before things are not totally raw for you. And it'll take several months likely to return to a relatively normal state of being, and it may take a few years to fully heal from betrayal, especially if it was traumatic. And to How, be, when is a betrayal not traumatic? Not everybody uh, has a trauma response to betrayal. They may still oh, be devastated, but it doesn't okay. become trauma for them. Okay. And to be honest, some spouses report not being able to fully heal from their spouse's betrayal, even with enough time. But that's not a prediction that you can make at the start. Mm, um, okay. And even to that, I would respond that, you know, if you are motivated to heal and you can find the right kind of help to walk with you through that healing journey, I would have hoped that you could heal. So 
Okay. I'm always sort of the optimist on that side of things. Mm-hmm. That's good. So just keep that in mind. And once again, we have created a bonus guide for our supporters, our patrons, specifically for men who find themselves in this situation. This one takes more of a cognitive behavioral approach where you learn to record what you're experiencing and then you choose some specific way, some exercise to respond that helps you to heal. So it's very practical. It'll help you productively move some of the very difficult parts of this challenge that you're facing. And you can get this guide by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. And we'll just take a quick 60 second break here to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day to day life become overwhelming leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we're talking about giving yourself time to heal. Mm-hmm. And the next part's challenging, Verlinda, but... You could view it as a wake-up call. That's the second thing here. Is there a way that you can see the betrayal as a wake-up call, a way to learn, to discover things about yourself and about marriage so that you can grow? And we're not blaming you by saying this, which is what you were about to call me out. No, it wasn't. I was just (laughs) going to say, like, would you say this to a woman who's been betrayed by your husband? Like, oh, well, view it as a wake-up call. Well, I've heard women say, you know what? It was a wake-up call for me. Oh, okay. So you're not. So would I say it to her? No. But would she maybe say it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Is that okay? Or what are you thinking? I maybe need to hear a little bit more of what you have to say here because it just seems like a pretty harsh, like, I've just been betrayed by my wife. Oh, well, view it as a wake up call, like slap across the head. Yeah. I hear you. Okay. So you just edit me as we go through. Okay. Okay. In a marriage, there's always times when one or both, and this is a delicate subject. This is around the, you know, could I have done something differently in my marriage? Yes. Was it your fault? No. Right. Okay. Kind of thing. So it's, it's, you know, we step carefully through here. There's always times when one or both spouses' emotional needs are not being completely fulfilled, sometimes really not being fulfilled, especially if you've had communication problems with one another. And so as you work on on regaining trust or on your trust being restored, try to be aware of the ways in which you perhaps have not been communicating your own needs and desires to your spouse, to your wife, right? So a good couples therapist is, is very helpful here. Ultimately, both of you will have to take some responsibility for the problems in the relationship that existed prior to the affair. Is that okay to say? Even though your wife was the only one who was unfaithful. And this is about taking charge of and accepting responsibility for the future, not for the betrayal. Okay. And it's a particularly helpful perspective to adopt, I think, because it's empowering. If you're just blaming everything on your wife because she had the affair, and you're staking your future in the marriage on her making all of the changes that are necessary, and yes, she does have to do some work to make Mm -hmm. herself Mm -hmm. clear that she's a safe person with you, but... If your future is staked on her making all the changes, you're adopting a disempowered position. Because again, while she needs to make changes and while she does need to demonstrate reliable behavior over time so that your trust can be rebuilt, you can also be part of the change process in order to create a new, safer, thriving, passionate relationship. And that's a more empowered position. Right. 
Okay. That may come as a result of accepting it as a wake up call. Like I need to do things for the marriage too. Okay. Yeah. That okay. Yeah. And I mean, we do say the same thing to, to wives who have been betrayed. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And yet let's look at, you the know, marriage. let's look at the dance leading up to it kind yeah. of thing. What's your cycle? Yeah. yeah. But I think there is the odd time. There is the odd time for Linda where I have seen this once in my career where you had a very healthy marriage mm-hmm. and someone got drunk and maybe a, I don't know. Maybe you could legitimately blame the coworker for being sexually okay. aggressive. An affair happened and the partner wakes up completely devastated knowing what they've done. And it really is not about the marriage. It's almost about that situation all by itself. That situation, yeah. But that's a very rare case where, you know, it really is an accidental, almost random fall into a situation like that. It's more Almost always the case that somehow dissatisfaction has come in to the marriage right. for whatever reason. Right. Hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah. So we are speaking general terms here, as always, when we're doing this. Everybody's situation is unique. But Fourth thing is, or third thing, sorry. Uh, again, we're going to come back to this. You have to allow yourself to grieve, for men especially. We're not good at grieving. But going through a betrayal is, lot, is a lot like bereavement. We talked earlier about some of those losses related to betrayal. Those things are in the past. They can't be recovered. Mm -hmm. They are losses, right? Mm -hmm. And grief is a process that takes time. It can't be rushed and it should not be bypassed or it's likely to show up in your marriage as anger later on or even show up in your health in the form of mental health issues or even psychological problems, right? So physiological? uh, Sorry, physiological problems. Yeah. Man actually... uh, uh, man, this is pulling it back from a while ago, but I remember 10 years ago in school, just looking at some a study or studies, I can't remember, about the, for men, distress in their marriage shows up physiologically, like they'll have heart issues. Oh, okay. Basically is what it was okay. saying as a common sort of expression of the internal distress that hasn't been resolved. Okay. Yeah. So this, I mean, this is similar to the first one in the give yourself time, but you can't just give yourself time and not actually grieve and right. process like you've yes give yourself time be but gentle with yourself take time yes but also do the work while you're taking the time is that right yeah you're gonna have to sit and cry sometimes huh yeah i wonder how many men do that oh uh, some do that's good yeah that's good yeah so that might be a new thing though for her listener yeah yeah and fourth point here don't assume moral superiority very tempting to take the moral high ground in a situation like this, being betrayed, you know, it puts you into the place of a victim. Mm-hmm. And moral superiority appears to restore power. It offers an outlet for anger. The sort of how could you do that? Right. But unfortunately, it doesn't help you heal. And it will increase your spouse's shame. And that will not help her to heal or do what she needs to do in order to avoid this problem in the future. But on the flip side, blaming yourself is not productive either. Mm. So some will go that route too. And while we do encourage you to face your part in contributing to a marriage where this became a possibility, it was still your wife's choice to go outside the vows that she made to you. Okay. And so you don't need to compromise your own integrity, the person you are or the person you believe you can be, like you can hold on to those things. But ideally, what you want to do is move on from the experience to commit yourselves to restoring your marriage rather than ruminating on the betrayal as a way to form an identity as a victim or as a morally superior person who would never do that. Therefore, you owe me something. I mean, do you really want to be in a marriage long term like that? It's not very appealing, right? No. Okay. So it's an easy defensive posture or position to take, but it's not ultimately going to help. Hmm. And number five, uh, focus on the good now. And again, this is not 
accepting the other things, E-X-C-E-P-T, not A-C-C-E-P-T, accepting the other- <laughs> Accepting or accepting? Accepting. Accepting. So this is not- Accepting what we've already talked about, which is the need to grieve to take time to heal. Right. You have to do all those things. You have to do that, but also focus on the good. Okay. So okay. blame and guilt are destructive in any relationship. And there'll be yeah. a period where that's at the forefront and that's legitimate because there should be blame and there should be guilt. But if you maintain that and it becomes resentment oh. over years now, mm -hmm. even, you'll have a hard time sustaining your marriage if that's what you hope to do. I mean, you can't live with resentment, right? So there has to be a process of acknowledging all of the hurt, of doing the hard work of forgiveness, of working on yourself to understand how you've been impacted, the hard mm -hmm. work of restoring the marriage. But through all of that process, it's also good to maintain or to develop a practice of focusing on positive things as well. This is a time as you begin to heal to strengthen yourself as a person too. Look for things, and this just doesn't have to be focusing on the good in your wife, but in your own life as well. Oh, Gratitude, okay. right? So look for things at work or in your recreation time where you can be successful, boost your self-confidence because you've probably taken a hit for this, right? Yeah. Ground yourself back in things that matter to you. Your faith community is a good one to consider, but practice gratitude. Hmm. So it, there is that need to focus on on the good. Good activities, good relationships, good beliefs about yourself, good values, okay. that kind of stuff. That making sense? Yeah. So can I ask a question about the difference between like the husband betrayal versus the wife betrayal? Yeah. So when we talked about wives who have been betrayed by their husbands, we brought up the... The thing like your husband needs to know the impact it has on you. It's had on you. So he needs to see the pain. He needs to right. see all that. Where we haven't really touched on that at all here. So do husbands typically not let that out? Or is it not as imperative that the wife see it? Because she oh, already... No, I just neglected to mention it. Um, oh, okay. It just wasn't in this research. Yeah. But I would just kind of put a wrapper around that. Like, like typically guys will express that through anger. Right. Which is, anger is really hard to embrace. Not that you're trying to embrace at this point, well, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to go a different direction on that if I can, because okay. in this case, because of the gender situation, yeah, his anger is going to be much more terrifying for her than if she was betrayed by him and it was her anger that he was facing. Agreed. Right? Yeah. So because of her fear and need to self-protect, mm -hmm. because typically, most often in a relationship, the man is physically more powerful than the woman. Yeah she may default to like almost a necessary protective state where she can't take the anger as an expression of her, but she's afraid for herself. Okay. And so it's not going to provide a corrective or helpful experience no. for her to see that. So it becomes, if possible, I would just really encourage guys, their husbands there to try to, to dig deep and show her the grief and hurt yes. In, yes. in a, you know, a cathartic way, but that involves like the sadness and loss of that more than, this sort of easier um, expression of anger to represent it. Okay. So that, because I do, I do believe that when a spouse sees that um, it helps them understand, like you're always in some denial about how this is going to impact your spouse when you're in the situation, when you're in the affair. Yeah. Right? Okay. And it really helps break through that denial and minimization. If they can see the impact it's yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so guys need to work, especially more on not showing it as anger. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's going to be hard to do, but yeah. Yeah. Well, even as a female, it'd be hard to do, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like if you're showing it as a guy, if you're showing it as anger, 
and your wife's afraid for her life. Like nothing productive is going to come out of like that. And she feels like she needs to leave the house. Like all she can process is her own protection. Yeah. In that moment. Yeah. It's, so she's not going to process the, oh, wow, this I had no idea it would do this to you. Right. That's what you want her to. To see. And I don't, mean, I don't mean that manipulatively in any way too, but out of a genuine expression of your impact, you allow her to come, you invite her to come to that conclusion would be okay. how I'd frame that. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Good question though. But I mean, that's the difference between the husband and wife right there. Like I never would have thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So if you choose to rebuild your marriage, while this betrayal will remain as a significant event in your history, you don't have to allow it to become what defines your interactions and your relationship with your wife for the remainder of your marriage. Mm. You can create something new and stronger, and this can be reframed as a turning point for you guys. Okay. Where, yeah, it was painful, but what we have now is just so so much better and so beautiful okay. that I'm almost thankful for it. Do you get people saying that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That takes some work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it's, that's the reframe, right? They wouldn't, of course, they would never want it to happen or happen again no, or exactly. happen to anybody else. But that's, it kind of comes back to the wake up call and being willing to, to lean in instead of out. And that's really your call. Not everybody can do that, but we, we would encourage you to consider it. Hmm. Yeah. We believe in redemption. Amen. All right. Well, thank you to those of you who became patrons between this recording and the last one. We had Tiffany and also Michael and Lauren. So thank you for supporting us, Tiffany and Michael and Lauren, and also all of our supporters. Yeah. Next week. We're talking about why some people experience pain during sex. Women on this episode, that episode, I should say, and what may be the cause of that. Okay. So just helping folks with that. It's not something- So why, why some women experience pain during sex? It's not something that gets talked about too much. Okay, that is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 259. Find out how you can help, go to oyf.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.